Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. You know, and it's the fourth Wednesday we get to chat with Ward Heinrichs. He is an employment attorney based in San Diego, California, but he represents all of California. He's on our show every fourth Wednesday, as I was saying, and talking about all the new bills, especially at the end of the year. So stay tuned for the December show. It's always a biggie because he gets everybody on board to know what's happening in the next year because California always has new bills and new laws. Um, go to his website, bestemploymentattorneyssandiego.com. But today he's joining us to talk about when do you actually call a lawyer? Like, when do we call Ward? You know, it's like, because so many times on the show, I was like, oh, man, you got to go to a lawyer. He's like, nah, not really on this. You can go to HR. And so we're going to talk about it from the employer <laughs> aspect. And then we're going to go from the employee aspect. So and I suppose it depends on what the situation is. So it could go all over the map, Ward. Right. Yeah. So welcome back. How are you? Thanks. Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I just had a birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old I, I am. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to say how old, how young and experienced you are and wise. You're wiser, right? Yeah, you're well, happy? I'm a year wiser. Yeah. And happy. And happy. I'm very happy. See, that's the important. Happiness is good. But Nancy, I wish you a happy birthday. We're like excited for oh, you because now, well, you know, thank you. you get to have another candle on your birthday cake. I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and another spin around the sun. But no, we're glad you're in our world. This is great. And... I think a lot of people are glad you're in their world because you can get them out of situations. <laughs> yeah, there are yes. situations to get out of. I agree. Uh, and, okay, so California um, and New York and Washington State seem to protect the employees a little bit more than other states. Am I right in that? In, 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 yeah. I'm, I, saying, I, I'm know, generalizing. I shouldn't get myself in trouble. Yes, you are generalizing, but I think generally you're correct. Um, and I don't know a ton about Washington or New York law, but I know that New York does have a lot of protections. And then when you read some of the cases that come out of Washington, sounds like they do too. So I think that's probably pretty accurate. Okay, and I know California so, does. Yes. So so right now it's probably, I know we want to talk about employees when they call in like we see so much, and part of why I wanted to talk about this is with employees is you're seeing a lot of um, labor union laws, labor law, like unions getting together representing um, employees. With just the writer strike that just happened, there's right. supermarkets, Amazon, um, just saying. Uh, <laughs> Car manufacturers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not uh, teachers, um, you know, nurses, medical. I mean, it's it's going on and on. So when it comes, let's start with that employees. What is the difference between like something's going on? Maybe it's pay. Is it like, OK, you're not getting paid. Do you call a lawyer or do you go to your union or do you go to a union first? If you're a member of a union, right? that you have to be a member first. Let's say that. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, a little twist to that. Um, th there was a Supreme Court case not too long ago, a few years ago, that said you don't have to uh, pay dues to unions. You can decline to do that, at least public unions. And I think private, too, but I know for sure public. Uh, and I know some teachers in California who don't pay dues, but they still get, you know, some representation from the union. Um, so 
in those situations, so that's a kind of a twist and they can actually get the benefit, you know, because they're negotiating contracts, all that kind of stuff. You still get the benefits. You don't have to pay. Um, of course, if everyone starting doing that, started to do that, I think the union would fold. But uh, I, apparently most people don't. So that's a little twist on it. And um, I know that some of the teachers I know who have had some issues have been able to get some union help now that union doesn't love helping them and i don't think they give them the full array of help but i know one guy who had some real serious stuff and he's he's fine now okay so you said private and public and maybe we should touch on that for a second for people to understand the difference because it's like that sounds like teachers are going on a golf course (laughs) and that's not true you know what i mean but it's like who who would have thought people just think unions and everybody talks unions so it's kind of like it's almost like a lobby group in a way, right? Um, a union? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, they represent the body of people that have selected them as their union, mm-hmm. and so it's like you're sort of like you're having an attorney represent you in like contract negotiations, things like that. So it's not just. Um, Someone who is trying to uh, go to the government and, and get some bill passed, you know, that would be your typical situation. Um, but these people actually step into your shoes legally and get contracts for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, no, so, uh, I mean, un- union representation, and they, and they come up with these contracts. Not everyone has to sign the whole agreement. They just have to say, right. we agree with this. Okay. Okay. We pass. So, it. You know, they have those votes where they pass them. They say, "Yeah." Okay. Uh, you, so it's you like it's own contract or not, and they vote. So th- it's it's real. I mean, and unions have attorneys, so it's it's really close to being an attorney kind of thing. And it's just, um, but there's a special set of laws at the federal level that gov- governs that. So they, you know, they're not attorneys, but they do some of the things attorneys would do. So when should someone call you as an attorney? Versus a union. Yeah. Um, I. I mean, that's kind of hard. If, if, yeah. If, because there's I, also here's, class here's my actions. rule. I, I do there's have a rule class on that. Actions. Okay. Let's hear I rule. do have a rule on that. Uh, because you need, you, usually those contracts, and there's so, so many different union contracts. And so when someone calls me up from a union, I got to say, I need to see your contract. Because it might be different than the last union contract I, I read. Um, and different you different sectors of the economy are represented by different types of unions and so those may be v- pretty different types of contracts so my my thing is i want you to exhaust all the remedies that the union can give you because often the contracts call for that before you can file anything else now it's not always that way but and the other thing is i think it's good to even if it's not required i think it's good to exhaust the remedies that the union can provide you. Uh, and there's, you know, that there's a business reason I do that too, because I don't want to talk to them and then have them just run to the union and say, here's what the attorney said. So I really like that. And I encourage them say, Hey, you know, if you've got some union help, take advantage of that first. Mm-hmm. And then if there's still issues, come back to me. That's how I okay. usually do it. So is it kind <laughs> of similar? Like if there's a issue in a workplace and, People haven't talked about it and then they just go, okay, I'm going to sue them without even having communication. Like to me, sometimes there is a dispute in the workplace, right? Or any relationship, right? 
And if you don't talk about it and then just go like, that's it, I'm doing this. You don't tell the person and everybody's in shock. You didn't give any moment for like, there's mediation for that, right? So like, let's have some mediation time, depending on, I don't know if that happens in business, does it? Mediate? Like there is. Well, there's mediation all the time and some of it's not court driven, but often it is. Often it's part of a case and you mediate inside of a case. But okay. getting the parties together to talk is always a good thing if you can do it. I think. Yeah, you, because going to court, that's like you said, I remember the very first, I mean, it was a few years ago, quite a few years, actually, because we're so much younger, Ward. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that, that when you first came on, we're like, well, don't you just want to go and sue them for this and that? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, because like this could take, you know, three years of your life, depending on the suit. So you have to look at what the, the value is. Like, is that something, you know, is it morally, is it, are you emotionally set up for that too? I mean, because it can be draining for an employee if it's a sexual harassment suit or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, any kind of discrimination that could get public. It could get like, and that's something to think about too, right? That things can go public. Yeah. You, you have to be ready for protracted litigation anytime. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. But before you okay. file a lawsuit, um, whether you file it with an attorney or not, and I would say <laughs> there are very few people who can file a lawsuit and really do it well, <laughs> unless they're attorneys. Um, if you get an attorney, it makes a lot of sense um, to discuss what might happen and what might be required of the person who wants to sue. I, I always do that. I say, hey, look, mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going for sure. You know, I, I often will give an opinion, I think, you know, this is one of those cases in my experience that hopefully it'll settle pretty quickly, but I can't, you know, then I will say, I can't promise that because they don't always. And then if they don't, so yeah, I have that conversation almost always. So it basically is um, actually go to, like, don't emotion, don't use an attorney as an emotional reaction. (laughs) Well, I can understand. No, because you do get calls with people who have an emotional reaction. And I would okay. say, you know, it's like 50 50. Uh, some people have thought about it a little bit, and some people really say, hey, this is just wrong and I want to do something. And then I think it's really up to the attorney to say, hey, you know, we, we need to talk about brass tacks here. We need to figure out yeah. what you're willing to do mm-hmm. and what this is going to take. Um, before we move forward. And uh, and often I start, at least on the plaintiff side, and I, uh, just to be clear to everyone, I do 80% work now with employers. Yeah. I take 20% of my time spending doing employee stuff. I used to be, I only did employee stuff, but over time I you know, joined the Chamber of Commerce and other things. Now I work for employers most of the time. But when I get an employee case, um, I usually would start with a demand letter. Uh, and see see the possibilities of whether there's a settlement early or not. And most people really would like to settle early as long as it's they feel like it's a fair amount of money. And so mm-hmm. that's that's a common way to start. And then if you're not getting anywhere, then then you can file your lawsuit. So I know you're doing you know mostly you know the business side, but you've done the employee side, which I think makes you more of a valuable attorney to be able to see both sides of the coin. So when you're sending a letter for an employee to an employer, you're going, hello, I know your side. I know their side. I've been working on this side. So it's kind of, it's interesting how um, 
you can help on that level for no matter, you know, either side that you understand both parties. And I think at this point, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, there's so many more protections for employees now in place that obviously employers are going, holy cow, like, you know, I'm scrambling, let me run, let me get these things straight. And they're yeah. always changing. So I, I can imagine, you know, so let's go to the employer side. When do they call you? Because I know some stuff, you know, you definitely what you're doing with articles and podcasts, I get all kinds of interesting questions, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm not the attorney. <laughs> Award. <laughs> Everybody, best employment attorney, San Diego.com. That's where you submit the questions, but you can do them on YouTube, but like, seriously, um, go there because he can answer. Um, and on Facebook, you're on there too. Um, but really there's, there's questions that people have and it's really hard, I think, as employers to always get all the information and make it make sense because it may come in the mail. You may see something at a chamber and, you know, but to um, kind of piece it together and get on track. If you're an entrepreneur, you're hauling fast. Yeah. Right? No. And yes, you, absolutely. And you're not maybe keeping up with all that diligence and maybe you have an HR person. So maybe they keep up. So. Let's talk about the different levels of what, because I know you, you, you work with restaurants. Restaurants have franchises and chains and all of that. So they're going to have a little bit more management, but then there's going to be, you know, successful breweries in San Diego. Hey, we're in Nashville where there's like a lot of breweries. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm there's just a saying ton in San Diego too. Ones. I don't good know. Stuff. We need to have a war of beer between San Diego and Nashville one day on a show. Ooh, let's that. Do would that. be fun. That For would sure. be really fun. Sausage has to be involved, of course. So next fall, let's do it. But okay. But but going into, you can have a small business without twenty thousand, you know, man, you know, a whole bunch of management, right? Not twenty thousand, but you know what I mean. You don't have to have twenty levels of management to run oh, it. No, but right. But it's right, profitable. Right. It's got maybe you know. 20, 30 floor staff, depending, it may be brewery, restaurant. I'm just using this as an example. It could be a real estate office. It could be all, you know, all of that. Um, and so management is kind of maybe middle, but not having, you know, a few, a, like a full HR department. So how do, right? how do they, so do they call you and say, hey, I need a meeting with you once, once a month, maybe to keep up with what I need to do? How does all that work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Boy, there's different times when uh, businesses need attorneys, and uh, mostly what I see is there's a demand oh. letter or a lawsuit, <laughs> and someone gives me a call. It's usually not oh, with a question. Okay. Now, uh, people I've worked with for a while will call me. I mean, yeah, the, the restaurant that's actually pretty close to my um, office, and he's got different restaurants throughout the county, um, and their his staff is – right next door to me in the same building. And so they, you know, a couple times a month, usually send me an email and say, what about this? And that's really, I love that because it, it really, I can give them good advice right then and it's not too expensive and it really will probably help them out. And it's happened like two or three times just this month where I said, yeah, I think about this stuff. Um, and some of it's not obvious at all. You, you just, as you're, you're running your business and you, you're, you think you're doing everything well and you're trying to manage your people, which takes a lot of time. But all of a sudden, there's this little issue that comes up. And if you have any questions, it's just better to call an attorney and get it answered than face a lawsuit or a demand letter later on. 
Um, and different, you know, different peoples have different levels of risk. And so if you don't mind taking on that risk, okay, fine. You're probably not going to get hit every time you have a question, but at some point it's going to happen. And Knowledge I think, is power. I Knowledge think you're is better power. off if you take care of it early. And, and the other thing is reputation because a pissed off employee is going to tell, you know, people say like, oh, I advertise by word of mouth. Well, if the word of mouth is someone had a bad meal at your restaurant, they're telling the world. If they had a good meal, they tell half the world or a quarter. But if someone's pissed, like if an employee is mad and upset and feel like I was, you know, this, this, whether it's uh, harassment, discrimination, you know, leave, sick leave, paid leave, all that stuff that you understand that, you know, you, you're getting us to understand very well. But, you know, it's like, Maybe they didn't get paid for like four months and have sat harboring it and suddenly really, you know, I'd like to get my money now kind of thing. Um, they're going to start telling people, which means the, in the company or use social media, right? So reputation is at stake when lawsuits happen. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, what, you know, I guess. Connected to what you just said, when someone gets mad, when an employee gets mad, that's you have better when, words than me. You're so much more polite. So you're the attorney. You yeah. know how to use better language. <laughs> uh, when yeah, when they get PO'd, mad. Um, yeah, well done. <laughs> Politically then, correct. Well done. <laughs> uh, that's when lawsuits are filed and claims are made. Um, and, and even if you're not doing things right. If people are happy, that's probably not a problem. It's just when, and it always happens. I mean, it just always happens. You're not doing things quite right. You're getting away with it. It's fine. Everyone's good. And then you terminate someone because of something they did. And it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong. They're mad. <laughs> that's when all that wrongness all of a sudden sticks up its ugly head. And you feel very uncomfortable at that point. Oh, so can you protect your reputation on either side? Well, I think so. And I think, you know, asking questions early, again, would help your reputation as well as protect you. So, and you've hit on, you know, the double-edged sword of it. One is, yes, uh, the earlier you take care of something, uh, the less it's going to cost you. Um, and... Your reputation won't take the big nosedive that it could if you hadn't made the call. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. It, I, for all those reasons, I, I really do try to advocate. Give me a call. Let me help you out. And like I said, there's various clients that I've had for years and they do call me fairly often and they'll say, hey, what do I do here? And I love doing that because I, I really like helping them make their way through California employment law, which is a big tangled web. It's it's. There's a lot of it yeah. that changes. Now, what about you? Because I, you know, I hear people say, well, I have my attorney look at this. My attorney looks at this file and that file, right? So how much of your job is reading the fine print? Oh, that's a good question. Reading the fine print. I, you know, I do do that. Um, I don't think it's the main part of my, uh, my practice. The main part of my practice really is around um, pre pre litigation and litigation um, where, you know, there's a claim being made. So most of my time spent on doing that because it just takes so much time and it's expensive. So that's what I'm trying to say. I'd rather have my practice more, uh, my practice uh, be more advice work and keeping people out of trouble than actually, you know, fighting. Fight. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to go to war. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. you've done that. You know, so so at this point, it's like okay, be, be because California. I mean, it's it's amazing to me because we'll like do the big December show every year, talk about all these new laws for California, and then you're going, yeah, I think we're set, and then like two months later, well. Here comes a new law creeping up the, the lines. And then yep. a few yep. months later, well, we got a new one. Oh, well, we thought this was good. Well, now it's changed here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we really have that much happening. And it's real. And, you know, some good, some are like, what? You know, we have to balance it out because if businesses go under, employees don't have jobs. So there's this balance that we always talk about right. on the shows. Yep. And that yep. has to be like what you're talking about, having that. Um, be cautious. Now, what about when you talk corporate firms, like, you know, hey, we're going to employ someone and have their, you know, contract, their employment contract. And sometimes there's all these little things that go into it. Like, if we fire you or you quit, you're not allowed to take clients. You're not allowed to spill oh, yeah, the beans yeah, yeah. on this. You're not allowed to tell our top secret information. You, right. you know, the McDonald's secret sauce, you're not allowed to tell, you know, all of that. So at that point, is that something that an employment attorney does work on? Um, I think most of us do, and I do do some of that. Uh, you know, I read contracts, go through those types of provisions. I've uh, provided contracts for uh, various businesses. Sometimes it's independent, con- uh, independent contractor contracts because maybe it's okay. And if it's not, I'll say, hey, you know, AB5, and we'll start talking about the ABC test. Oh, boy, here we go. But some, you know, uh, businesses have people outside of California. So I say, well, you know, that's a whole different uh, ball of wax and uh, independent contractor may be okay. And then, of course, I have to say, but I'm not sure about the the state that they're living in, whether that uh, it's okay there or not, and whether they have AB5. Look up whether they have an AB5-like law, but knowing what's in it, I don't know. Anyway, yes, they do review contracts, and there's, depending on what the business is and what they do um, will uh, affect what needs to be in the agreement and how it's stated. Mm-hmm. Um, there, okay. There's so many different businesses with so many different things to think about and take care of with employees um, that uh, no two are exactly alike. Mm. How, how, when you, we look at, we've talked about discrimination and things like that and sexual harassment and harassment and, all of that over the years. How important is it for HR or even the owners of a company to keep records in, and actually have those like meetings with their employees, even one-on-one every month or so and have some kind of documentation. So if an employee is complaining about a manager, maybe being harassing, discriminating or whatever the situation is that you have documentation, what can people do to help themselves so that if yeah. something goes weird, that there's actual documentation to, in, and some of it you may want to burn. I know I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I just gave a talk about that. Just that uh, issue. Okay. Yeah. Last Friday to a, a, a different um, group that, you know, a business group that's a referral group. And uh, one of my buddies asked me to talk. So I did. And I talked, I touched on, at least touched on that. Um, and my big takeaway about harassment, discrimination, et cetera, is take it seriously. And sometimes you hear this claim and you go, oh, come on, that's not really that. Come on, this is not happening or it's just not the way you're saying it or whatever. And 
then, you know, if that happens and, and managers go, I, you know, I got other things to do, that problem, even if it's, it, even if you're correct and it's not that awful, can fester and then it can get worse. And even if it isn't all that bad, enough complaining can start triggering protections for the person who's complaining. And if you try to do something to that person, all of a sudden you've got a retaliation claim. So there's my bottom line on this is take everyone seriously. Don't try to judge it up front and do some investigation. And and you got to figure out the amount of investigation you have to do, depending on, you know, what you think is going on there. You may be surprised after you do a little investigation. And the other thing I said when I was giving this talk was, if it really sounds pretty meaty and serious, get an outside firm to help you with the investigation. Okay. You're better off getting an outside firm to help you with the investigation than doing it yourself if it's super serious. Now, a lot of, you just have to make a judgment call. And if sometimes those can be taken uh, care of in-house. But again, the bottom line is do some investigation. That's where you start. So investigation. Okay. So, um, You've got to be careful too with that because even what if it's something with payment, right? And it's got to, you haven't done, you know, the right payment thing or it's somebody's. You mean like a wage thing we're talking about? Yeah, a wage or swindling. It can get into crime, right? And fraud and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can. It can go to that depending. Um, when you talk about investigation, if say somebody hasn't been paid uh, on time and it's been a few times, when does the employee come knocking on your door saying, yo, I, I'm not getting paid. I need help. Um, that's maybe not a union thing, is it, right? Or do they go to you? No, what, they, what, what happens? if they have a union, and, and in California, um, we don't have very many private unions. There are some. It's mostly public, and the public unions are pretty prolific out here. Um, and so what, what, when I run into people who are represented by unions it's usually a public union like a teacher uh fire police something like okay. that and in those situations again i say well you know you're represented by a union and they do give you protection and you, you just got to go check with them first because unless you want me to read a union agreement and i'm not going to read the whole thing you know just to give advice on that i you know just go talk to them and you know, you know about uh, grievances and things like that. You probably should start there, and then if you're not getting anywhere, that's when I need to talk. You know, after that, and then we then we can dig in and take a look at the uh, union agreement, see what rights you really might have, and uh, what the requirements are. Uh, but okay. I think if you're in a union, uh, you're better off you get a shot. Now, the other thing I hear is this though: they they a lot of people don't trust their unions. They go, you know, I'm just. I, it doesn't seem like I ever get anywhere with my union. And so if that's the case, um, again, I usually say, well, approach your steward, approach uh, a representative and say, look, I need some help here. And if they won't do it, then okay, then, then you need to talk to me. Okay. So now um, you're talking about public, um, public, uh, you know, versus private. So is yeah. it private more like if you're a restaurant person, like for private organizations versus like government like you know yeah public unions are uh unions that represent government employees again teachers firemen police military and and, but you see more private unions out east those are bigger and like uh, for instance detroit you know tons of private unions there car manufacturers are they're all unionized Mm -hmm. 
at least okay. in Detroit. Now, you know, a lot, you know, I think Toyota's uh, centered out of Tennessee. And the one reason why they are is they don't have a union there. <laughs> so anyway, so not everything, <laughs> yeah. not all of men, car manufacturing unionized, but, you know, the, the big three. Okay. So now if you don't have a union and, you know, maybe you're being harassed in a, I'm just going back to restaurants because I know you do a lot of work with restaurants and they're fun, but <laughs> that's anyway, yeah. a hotel, whatever, and you're getting harassed or something, or maybe not getting paid, then you don't have a union call ward and say hey yo like they're not listening i've been to hr no one's listening this is what's happening and from there so the employee should also keep records as was where i was going even if oh, it's an, a union thing yeah you need to keep records and try and have like you know people are now filming police right and filming and and phones are the little handy thing of anything can happen anyone you know airpods all that kind of stuff you know um where does that become legal? Because people go, well, you can't unless you can't record this and let it be, you know, evidence in court unless you say, hey, I'm recording you. And sometimes that could be part of your like, hey, stop it. I'm going to record you from now on. Then you get fired over it. I don't know. What do you do as an employee to document you know, and actually have real evidence? Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking two things on that because uh, you're talking about recordings. The first one is I, I think you when you have oral conversations. If, if it's an issue that's important to you and you think that you may have a claim later on if it doesn't change, then r writing a follow-up at least email and maybe a letter um, and saying, here's what we discussed. That's a real good practice. Um, lawyers do it a lot. And the reason why we do it a lot is we want that written trail so we can go to the judge and say, oh, we told them this. That's what Nancy says. Nancy, I said, oh, if we're having a problem with the company, I'm like, let's just call them and talk to someone. She goes, no, I want the written words. I want the written trail on everything. <laughs> that's a, that's wise. Now, you, you don't have, of course, if it's a, a, a meeting, and yeah. I, we take notes too. I think taking notes is fine. I think that makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense. Um, but follow up with a writing saying, here's what we discussed. Yeah. At, at least do say, that. And you could say, if you want to record it, say, I'm recording this for verification. Is that okay? Yeah, that is. Now, the, the recording thing is kind of interesting, and different states handle it different ways. In California, you can't surreptitiously, meaning not letting the other side know that you're recording a conversation. It's technically a felony. Um, it can't be charged as a misdemeanor. It could be charged as a felony. I've, honestly, I've never seen it charged. Um, DAs don't love those cases. But... Um, you have to, if you want to be able to use the recording later and not violate the law, you know, violate a felony, then uh, you have to ask. You say, is it okay if I record our conversation? Now, they, if they say no, you know, again, technically it's illegal. Uh, and that, it, it, assuming that the conversation was not legally recorded, then you can have lots of problems getting it into evidence later. Mm -hmm. and there's but you could use it for that email. You could use it for your email. Well, that that's interesting they said that. Um, there is a case that talks about uh, writing and uh, recording simultaneously and that the writings are fine and that you can use the writings to refresh your recollection. So, yeah, simultaneous is Okay, but again, I don't love to advise anyone to violate the law, and so I, unless 
unless a person oh come on ward <laughs> understands that you're yeah. recording and then says it's okay um you know i can't I say that that's what think, you should be doing i think asking permission kind of sets a, a precedent of i'm serious about this you know where you're feeling like if you're feeling discriminated or anything and you go in and, but everyone's in a different situation. So yeah, you could do that. You could get fired. You could have a worse situation. So it, it really depends on it does. Who, what and where really. I mean, it, I mean, we're just, we're generalizing and being hypothetical because that's all we can do in this kind of broad conversation, but it's different. And it's good to know about this recording thing because we are in this like, Hey, I'm going to do this and showcase this, you know, now if someone's getting hurt, by a boss, I think you should film it just like they do a policeman hurting someone or, you know, a, a person hurting a policeman, you know, anybody getting hurt and you can document it, I think is good evidence for whether or not, you know. Yeah. And, you know, ways. that's an interesting question. Uh, if you think of a situation where th there's actually a battery going on, you know, assault and a battery and you yeah, pick up your like phone real violence. and, um, well, and, and, you know, if it's in public that now that's something, uh, if the statement's oh, yeah. made in public, then it you don't have to oh. tell them you're recording. So because so if you're it's not, working there's no in privacy a, in a restaurant, anymore. if there's you're no working privacy. in an event, yeah, there's no privacy in a bar. There's no privacy, in, you know. Yeah, huh. very good stuff, Ward. You're giving us all the lowdown. Yeah, giving all the lowdown. Yeah, um, I like but it. The prop, you know, the proper way is saying I'm recording and get permission. But yeah. if if it's if it's uh, done in public, then the what was stated isn't protected any longer. Now, the, you oh, still may yeah. have a problem with the felony. That still could be a problem. But, you know, yeah. especially in an emergency situation where someone's really getting hurt. No, you know, it, again, it's out in public. Uh, you're, you're okay. And that, that uh, recording... Yeah should be fine and they use it all the time in, in criminal court anyway and i just don't see yeah. in, uh, so sometimes in employment law you have to hand things over to a criminal court right like sometimes really i you know what i used to do a lot of criminal law when i first started practicing and and what i liked about that is you, you get to know judges you get to know how to talk to judges and you uh, try more cases because tr they go to trial much more often than civil cases um <clears throat> And I have had a couple situations where clients of mine were uh, charged with crimes, like two, not very often. Uh, and then I represent, because I said, look, I did criminal law. I know this case. I can, I can represent you on this. Um, and so it's possible to go there. The ones I did ended up working out pretty well. My clients were, were happy with the results. Um, but again, does it happen? Yes. Does it happen often? No. It's try and do it. So the the moral of today's conversation is nip it in the bud. Yes. That's Take, that's the best strategy. If I, you hear one little thing, any rumor, and I think in for management, you hear a rumor about anything, don't ignore it. Don't ignore someone being upset. I mean, because so many times people in the workplace are upset. And they'll talk to their, you know, fellow workers, and that creates unrest in a workplace, which creates drama, which means productivity is down, and that becomes a drama, you know? And that's why, you know, I keep saying, investigate. <laughs> because, yeah. 
um, these little things sometimes get away and boy, you wish you'd looked into it the first time you heard it. And I, and I get it. You know, managers you know, often have many different things they're trying to do. Many, uh, they're really trying to focus on the bottom line. I mean, that's why you're hired there, you know, make money for the company. Um, but the problem is if you let some of the things go that are especially bordering on harassment, uh, discrimination, retaliation, you really could end up regretting not looking at it early. So I just have to say, look at that stuff, take it seriously. The other thing too, there's so many startups these days, right? A lot of startups, Hey, I've got this great idea. I'm going to do it. And we're all like entrepreneurial spirit in this country, very much so. And then in a lot of countries too. Yeah. But like, look at Silicon Valley. I mean, people are sleeping in their cars, going in here, doing this, like there's entrepreneurs running a business, three of them in one room kind of thing, you know, doing what they need to do. And that, you know, we, we go, Go for it, you know, root the underdog. But then they'll hire someone. Maybe some the the contractor thing becomes an issue because mm-hmm. they've got the smarts of maybe creating some amazing tech product. Oh, AI. Oh boy, that's a whole other conversation. We've had a little bit with you, right? And yeah, and on that panel. But here comes all that, and then they don't have the the note of what what you can and cannot do. The protocols of running a business with employees. You know, they're just like, oh, let's just go hire so-and-so, hire so-and-so. And, you know, maybe job well done on something, open the champagne and pinch someone's butt. And next thing you know, drama. And they, yeah. and <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean, though, right? This yeah. stuff happens all the time. Don't pinch the butt, skis. You know, don't do it. And And so a little champagne, because maybe they made a big sale, can lead to like a, you know, your your champagne went the other way. Your bottle went down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to tell you a quick story uh, that reminds me of what you just talked about. I was at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, and I'm not going to tell you. It wasn't a meeting. It was a, what they call Business After Five Mixer. It was oh, yeah, sponsored yeah. by a, a company. And we're seeing, um, looking at their digs for the first time. And, you know, it's a pretty big place, pretty cool. And they were taking pictures. Uh, and I forget why they were taking pictures of people. But one of the guys who, you know, is higher up, I think like a vice president or something, um, turned around and kissed this person who worked for him. And I'm just going, whoa, (laughs) dude, that's just not you've got to be careful that. And they weren't married or anything. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, this could really be a problem. And and I went up to him and I said, hey, you know, that really could be harassment careful about that I and mean, he never called me afterwards so hopefully it wasn't a problem um but oh, that's the reason why i'm knows. talking about it is like you just did it happens it just happens things and happen at work it things happens do at happen work. because people are there it's like you know the people secretary people. is always a big yeah people humans humans do things and dude those those laws and then when it doesn't work out all hell breaks loose holy hell exactly breaks loose. That's... And it's normally the women get really busy. <laughs> it's it's it it can it can explode in multiple directions. All I can say is the ripple effect is like firework ripple effect. So yeah, it's like tidal waves. <laughs> it's like the atom bomb just went off. So be very careful at what happens at work. Don't let it happen. They always say, "Don't do this," and like, "Oh, well, maybe." Mm-mm, don't don't. 
Well, Ward, always good information and always fun chatting with you. Everyone, Best Employment San Diego, Attorney San Diego. Ooh. (gasps) Slap on the wrist. Best Attorney, Employment Attorney, SanDiego.com, everybody. There you go. Best, I got to get it right. I mean, I've been saying it for years. Uh, Ward is here every fourth Wednesday. Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Always fun, always good information. Also, his articles are on Blend radio and tv.com as well uh, but go to his website because he's got a great blog and uh, always fun ward that happy was fun fall. thank you happy fall y'all that's <laughs> for sure good to say it All right. take care <laughs> bye-bye <laughs>